Welcome to the Community of Broken Spirit podcast. We are a group of people who unwittingly became a community when we found ourselves together in a business. Through years of meeting and working together, we, from different church backgrounds, discover just what it takes to love one another, what and all. As God empowered us to comprehend His incredible love, we found ourselves more and more distant from the institutional church, finding it somewhat consumed, preoccupied, and quite removed from the lives we live. It was not exactly a healthy place to be in, for us and for our families. We return to his simple gospel, to know God, to be loved, and to love one another. Perhaps this place may inspire some, that us before, who inadvertently found themselves without a life or church to desire after him again. Each season, we will be sharing stories of our members, sharing the raw, unedited journey of how we came to find Christ and what our lives look like today. We hope by sharing our stories, we can inspire others to avoid the mistakes we made and encourage each other to keep going. Hearing the voice of God, write it down. I hope you have enjoyed uh, my sharing so far on how I learned to hear the voice of God. Today's podcast uh, is something very personal and very important to me. It's about journaling, writing it down. Because I have a very bad memory, it has been my habit to jot things down. Because if I don't, I will forget them. I find that when I write things down, I remember it better. My children laugh because they know absent-mindedness in my family is quite legendary. Let me tell you a true story. I have a sister whose clothes always get burned because she forgets to take the iron off the clothes while she's ironing. Her husband used to shake at his head at the number of irons she has to replace every year. I have another sister who many, many years ago wanted to go buy things to prepare for her upcoming wedding. So she borrowed my father's car and together with a younger sister, they drove to the shopping mall. At the mall, they bought bagfuls of clothing and shoes. It was so heavy. They tried to hail a taxi home and they waited a long, long time and there was no taxi. So both of them decided to walk home. Both arms weighed down with heavy bags. It took almost an hour for the long walk home from the mall. The next morning, my father wanted to go to work, but he could not find his car. He was so angry. Who drove my car, he demanded to know. The whole house was in a huge upheaval as he questioned all the boys and everyone denied taking his car. My sister had just got out of bed to prepare to go to work. Don't look at me, she retorted with righteous indignation. Never in my life have I ever borrowed your car. My father was starting to worry that his car might have been stolen. He, they tried to figure out who, when was the last time they have seen the car. My sister happily returned to her room, opened up her handbag to get ready to head out to catch the bus for work. And there it was in her handbag, the keys to my father's car. And only at that point did both 
My sisters realized they had left the car in the shopping mall. Can you imagine everyone's reaction to that discovery? It was so ridiculously absurd that even my father burst out laughing. Fortunately for us, he adores his daughters, so my sisters got off scot-free. So even now when I relate it, it is so hilarious. So you can see that good memory is definitely not a strong trait in my family. But in a way, that has proven to be beneficial to But that has proven to be beneficial to me as I learned to take notes take down notes very fast in school. I use cards, I use symbols and illustrations to help me memorize things so that I can prepare for my school exams. And because of my love of reading and writing, I've kept diaries since I was young. And following the example of my first mentor, Boon, I kept journals of my prayers, my learning, my conversations with God throughout all my, of my Christian life. For nearly 40 years now, uh, journaling, besides worshipping God, has been my main mode of communication with Him. Now, here are some examples of what I put in my journal. Sometimes I type, sometimes I draw, sometimes I write. Even some of our members picked up my habit of journaling. They would send me information about what they see, and sometimes we compare notes, and I intrigued that we saw similar messages from God. So every year, I go through a few books of journaling and I always bring journals with me on my trips. I have too many journals, so at the end, every six months or at the end of the year, I usually go on a retreat to review them, to reflect on what God has said to me and has shown me. Uh, sometimes I would tell what I want and throughout the rest, as it takes up just too much space. Kelly, she always laughed at me because she on every trip, I have to lug a whole bag full of books and journals. She has tried so hard to get me to switch from paper to digital. Uh, but old habits die hard. I still prefer pen and paper. But still, I have tried my best to embrace technology at my own pace. Uh, hence, this website and this podcast. But nothing beats my written journals, I feel, still. <laughs> Let me share with you something from my journal of two, the year 2005, nearly 17 years ago. The Bayshaw Story. The Lord told me to leave this spooky house we have lived in for 10 years. It was the place God had used to train me and my family for spiritual warfare, which I will elaborate in future if we get to that teaching. He said to me, it's time for you to move to another place. I told him, okay, but ideally, I would like to stay near Orchard Road area, nearer to town. Uh, I put out a road map and I said, okay, where do you want me to move to? He told me, I'll give you three years of Elijah rest after all this warfare training in this house. So this is where you stay, to the right in the east. Ah, no, oh no, it's not to town, towards town as I had hoped, where it's the central, southern part of Singapore. And then he said, go circle all the crosses on the map and follow that route. I checked the legend to the map 
Ah, all the crosses represent churches. I discovered that hey, there are a lot more on the east, on the coast, in the east than anywhere else. After that, he told me, get in the car. So I hopped in my car and drove out to the main road. And he says, go left. So I turned left onto the expressway. This spooky house is just off the East Coast Parkway where he had asked me to buy 10 years ago. He said the highway leading to it is a highway of holiness. That is why the ECP, the East Coast Parkway, is my favourite highway in Singapore. So I drove on the highway eastwards towards the airport in the east uh, with my heart still longing to go to the town area, which is in the opposite direction. And just when I neared the Bayshore Road exit on the highway, he said, turn. So I make a left turn out of the highway. Um, the next thing, I found myself turning here, turning there, as the Holy Spirit directed me until I reached a cross-section of the new Upper Changi Road. As my car entered into Badok North, my spirit suddenly became very heavy. Something did not feel right, and the Lord said, Go stun, which means reverse in Malay. Uh, God speaks Malay too, huh? So I, I just felt the prompting now to check the meaning of Bado in Malay 17 years after this incident. Definitions.net writes, Bado in Indonesian means meat cleaver. Used in a passive verb, dibedo, it means get got harmed or injured with a meat cleaver. Oh my goodness. The National Library Resources writes, Bado is derived from a Malay word for drum used at the mosque in olden days to call Muslims for prayer. Hmm, okay, I thought. So so anyway, back to my story. I made a U-turn out of Bedok North as soon as I felt the heaviness, and soon I found myself heading towards home. At my house, I laid out that map on my dining table, and the Holy Spirit told me to draw a line joining all the crosses on the road trip we just went on and linking places where my spirit felt good and light and they formed a triangle and he then said to me look for a property within this triangle i showed that triangle to my husband at night and of course he usually jokes about my weird conversations with god not sure whether to believe it or not to believe it so i kind of tell him this is the area god says we have to look for a property to move out to we cannot remain in this house anymore. As much as we like it, architecturally, in beauty and size, it is time to go. And out of the blue, one of my husband's friends contacted him and told him of a place that is being put up by the bank for auction that's in that triangle. The person has been trying to sell it for a while, but with no success. So we made an appointment that very evening to view the apartment in this condominium called the Bayshore. At the Bayshore, the agent led us to a unit on the 27th floor. The bank wanted 630000 for it. But when I went in, there was a strange smell in the flat that bothered me. Uh, the apartment is empty and clean, but there's just a funny smell inside. The agent did not smell anything. My husband too. I said, no, 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 not this house. My husband did feel something odd in the house too. Um, then he thought maybe it would be better in the morning as it's now dark and the lights are very dim in that house. So we agreed and returned the next day in the morning. I texted some of my church friends to pray while I checked it out. The feeling was very 
good out there by the pools in the garden of this condominium. One of my intercessors texted me then to confirm that this is the condominium God wants us to move to. Uh, so I went up to the unit. The smell seemed better, but guess what? I found something in the storeroom. The only thing left in this empty apartment was a huge poster of the Guru Sai Baba, who is the founder of a religion from India, which I understand promises great financial wealth, if you worship him. So when I saw that huge poster framed up, I was like, oh, and my husband too. So we were very sad. And so I said, not this unit. But I told him, there is another unit that's for us here, for sure. So we asked the agent if there's any other units available. Now, I like the facing of this unit because it faces the sea and it's set back from the road so we don't get the full blast of the traffic noise from the highway. To my delight, the agent said there is actually another unit available and it's right below us on the 26th floor. So we went to see the unit the next day. I said, I like this house. This is the place because this is also my husband's special number. But Mrs. Lim, the agent groaned, this one is asking for 660000 That one is 630000 You can probably negotiate it to 615000 So, you know, actually, you should grab the higher unit as you are paying less for a higher floor when property prices should actually be higher on a higher floor. But I said, never mind. I just want this unit. I'm willing to pay $15,000 more for it at 630000 the agent must be thinking, I'm crazy. This woman is out of her mind. Uh, plus now, he has a problem. He has to go and try to get the owner on the lower floor to lower his asking price. So apparently, this unit belonged to a Hong Kong owner who had bought it 12 years ago. He has never even lived in it. And so it was empty since the day he bought it. He didn't even lease it out. So in a way, we had bought a new house. And, or an old new house. This is the one my intercessor said. And the Holy Spirit confirmed it. He said to me, 12 years ago, I already had prepared this flat for you. Nobody can stay in it except for you. Wow, that's all the remand that I needed. So we set our mind on buying this unit, the more expensive unit on the lower floor, which doesn't make any financial sense at all. And now the agent has to convince the owner to drop his asking price as well. So we signed our option, paid the booking fee, and the agent took it to the owner's secretary who was authorised to execute the sale for him. The owner agreed to sell it to us at 630000 after some convincing by the agent. And so he instructed his secretary to go ahead to sign the option to purchase. But somehow the secretary got smart when her boss agreed to lower the price, she quickly offered it to someone else. Well, I thought maybe she makes a commission from the other party. My agent was crestfallen. He tried to reason with the secretary. This cannot be right. You got my check. Your boss agreed with me on the price. I have the buyer's check and the sign option. But you sold it to someone at the same price, not even at a higher price. But the secretary just snubbed him. 
So the agent told me, Mrs. Lim, so sorry, no more already. The unit is gone. I was angry. I went to the Lord and wrote furiously in my journal. Oh Lord, I have been robbed. Give us another chance. Send your angels to position on this land you've given us and not let the evil one rob us. Restore to us our land what is due to us and give us a better unit. And then at that very moment, I saw a red marker come down from heaven. And so I took that marker from heaven and I declared in my journal, I marked this unit with your red marker on it so that no one else can touch this unit or see this unit. I secure and proclaim all authority over this place. Send your warring angels in Jesus' name to block anyone who tries to buy it. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, the agent tried to persuade us to buy the unit above. It has the same facing with the same view on a higher floor and even cheaper. What's wrong with you? Why won't you buy it? Makes no sense at all. I told him, it's okay. I'll wait for that unit on the 26th floor until it comes back to us. The agent was so frustrated, resigned to the fact that he has lost this deal. But guess what? Three weeks later, as I was driving to a mall, the agent called me. The guy who offered the option, right, the one the secretary gave the option to, he had two weeks to exercise the option. Means he had to pay the 10% and then appoint his lawyers to legalise the sale. The two weeks expired. He did not exercise the option. And then the secretary got the owner to agree to extend it for another week. Uh, third week. And guess what? He still did not exercise. And so on the eve of Chinese New Year, where everyone is busy and most of the offices may have already closed, the agent rang me and said to me, I don't know what you did, but the property is available again. Do you still want it? I said, of course I want this. I had my rate marker from heaven marked it out for me. The property agent was delighted. He came right away to my husband's office to get our check again and we signed the papers once again. And I showed him my journal with the rate mark clearly circling the, that unit, the apartment. His eyes widened in disbelief as he read what I told God in my journal. He was awestruck. And he gave his life to Jesus. So what, why am I sharing this story in such great detail? You know, if I have not journaled it, I would have forgotten the full details, especially the numbers. And I would have forgotten how comical and mind-blowing this whole incident was. The agent remarked, In all my years of selling property, I've never ever seen anyone buy property like this. Months later, when I collected the keys to this new apartment, my agent intimated to me. He had asked the agent for the unit above mine on the 27th floor why it took so long to sell that unit. He asked if I knew that an incident had happened upstairs. I didn't. Apparently, there had been a murder in that unit. A man had killed his mistress he was keeping in that unit. Oh, wow. Only God would have known. My home is a place of rest. No more warfare, cleansed, new, never lived in by anyone, kept aside just for me. I'm sure God will also bless that Hong Kong owner for being the keeper of this unit. We stayed there for three great years and eventually sold it at more than double the price I had paid for. 
And the spooky house, well, we left it unoccupied during the few years that we moved out. And it was eventually sold for also for a very good price. I think almost triple the price we had originally paid for that house. It sheer pays to listen to the voice of God. At least for me. Passing it on. Now, even my children have started, also started to journal. My youngest daughter, when she was nine years old, she drew what looks like a map of a diamond with hearts, stars and rainbows. And she said she felt that it was the Holy Spirit showing her the tabernacle. Well, Singapore is shaped like a diamond on the map. I take it as a remark word that Singapore has a special place in God's kingdom, as small and insignificant as our little country is. On another occasion, she drew a happy wheel that God had shown her, and it was spouting out beautiful things. It made her very happy. And every time she's down, she'll remember the happy wheel, and it will make this precious little girl happy. I keep many of my children's drawings that are inspired by the Holy Spirit. I've also kept that map that led me to buy the Bishaw apartment, together with all the stack of journals and files. And here, I'm very pleased with what some of our young people have done. First, I want to share Michael's drawing. I'm talking about 2012 then. He's from China, but he's studying in Canada. His vision was the cross, with an X across the usual cross. That was about two months before this talk in 2012. Then after that, he says, he doesn't know what it means. He drew it out for me, and I said, sorry, I don't know what it means too. And it was about only a week after that, he said he got it. The X is a person on the cross, not Jesus, but it's a man. So he went to Google it. He found out that the Apostle Andrew was crucified like that in the X position. Right, so we still don't know what it means. Why did God show him the Apostle Andrew crucified on the cross? Another example, one day when we were worshipping together, Zoe, the teenage daughter of Kiki and YY, drew a picture of people surrounding the sun in her journal. And then I keep seeing the number 13 at the same time. Why 13? I asked God. And they happened to count the number of people around the sun that Zoe drew. And there were 13 people in all. So, and, it, and the 13 people comprises uh, children and adults. This is how God had chosen and directed the 13 of us to go to China for this mission, representing three families from three different continents. But then, just before our trip to China, as I was sharing with the team about Michael's drawing, I saw it formed a Chinese character, Mi, which means rice. That is the, the, the cross that he saw with the Andrew. So actually, it, it also becomes a Chinese word called rice. And on that trip, God led us to this TV tower, which was situated in a high place in a flourishing city on the east coast of China. When we arrived at the tower in that night, the Chinese character Mi was lighted up all over in that tower. It was the sign that God wanted us to be there. He then led us to cleanse the place and a total of five families did a victory run with our corpse torch around that tower that night, passing our worship banner from parent to child like the Olympic torch relay. I'm sure God has led us there for a specific purpose, and one day, perhaps, one day we will understand what was that all about. Fast forward now to 2022. 
Michael is now a grown man, married and has a son. Uh, but he's facing some grave issues in his life. And two nights ago, the Lord reminded me of the drawing of the cross with the axe Michael had showed me 10 years ago. Just three weeks before the Lord asked me to go to Canada to see Michael, where he has emigrated to and settled down permanently. I found God's messages or his words very deep and very intriguing. It can contain various levels of meanings. And every time, for instance, when I read the word of God, the same words can mean very different things. And I am always uh, almost surprised at the new understanding, a new thing that I've never even realized or seen before. And they work through different times and through different seasons. It's like endless application to it. And it reveals itself differently between the past, the present and the future, as you can see. Indeed, God's ways are always higher and his thoughts are so much deeper. I hope you get by now why journaling is very important. I do it because of my poor memory and I don't want to forget things God had said to me or showed us. And because sometimes what we put down here today, maybe it gets explained only years later. And sometimes when someone asks me about something that God had shown them, I will suddenly recall, oh, I have a similar thing too. Let me go find it. And it is very thrilling at times. It's like pieces of a jigsaw puzzle, a mystery picture that God is revealing to us bit by bit. Journaling also reflects how important God is to you. If your boss or your president of your country gives you a word and it's important, would you record it or write it down? If God gives you a word today and it's very important, don't ever forget to keep it in your heart and to cherish it, just like what the Virgin Mary did. I value God's words. I value His views and His opinions. Even when I cannot understand it or I cannot see the full picture of what he's trying to show me yet, I will hold his words very dear to me. Eventually, I know that God will one day give me a glimpse of the full picture or a different dimension to it. I'm glad to have kept this habit of writing or recording my conversations with God and all the Rima words and visions he's given me over the years. I hope you would too and perhaps one day we will have a chance to share our journals with each other. As we near the end of this season's topic, Hearing the Voice of God, I will address in the next and the last uh, episode what some people have asked me. Uh, in fact, quite a number of people have asked me, uh, Sarah, when you say you hear God say to you, do you actually hear him audibly? That means, is it in a physical voice that you hear? In the next episode, I will share that when it comes to hearing God's voice, it's a bit different. Everyone hears differently. God made each of us different. So don't try to copy or envy someone who hears God audibly or in their own unique way. Just as God made us with five physical senses, we also have five different spiritual senses. The sense of touch, the sense of smell, the sense of vision, the sense of hearing, and the sense of taste. 
In the next and final episode, I will talk about these five spiritual senses as I close this season podcast on this topic, Hearing the Voice of God. Thank you. Hi there. If you found that this episode resonates with you or if you would like to share your story, please drop a review at Apple Podcast. It will serve a fresh dose of blessings to those of us who work so hard to produce the content of this podcast. By doing so, you will also help more people find this podcast. If you are interested, we also have a blog at communityofbrokenspirit.org. Again, it's communityofbrokenspirit.org, where we post twice a week stories and parts of our members' journals from past and present years. Thank you so much. Remember, you matter.